gonna do though uh continue drinking in front of well, microphones now i mean we do what we do every night darling <laughs> i mean plot to take over the world get and drunk and take crime. over the world yeah, yeah, yes yeah. <laughs> um um do you remember how we picked the theme for this episode by the way i do remember because we I guess we can still say recently. Well, okay, I can say recently, I but say you've recently. had a few more travels in between then than I have. Talk about the gosh darn theme and then we'll talk about how we screwed okay. it all up. So, we've both been traveling relatively recently. This sounds so contrived. Uh, Dude, okay, you just, did. just talk to me. Fucking talk to me. Okay, so we had a theme this week. We did. And we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> Being, we're going to be quite loose on themes generally this season. Yeah, but we did realize it, it all sparked off because you you had a very nice trip i was going to ljubljana i wanted to feel super festive mm. um and i wanted to have snow i wanted to experience winter i wanted to be all like hey look lights and crap <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know lights and mulled wine and um and people speak in foreign well different kind of foreign um <laughs> yeah i now. You're Dutch. <laughs> but, well, anyway, I guess the point was we, we were going to do something vaguely themed around our upcoming travels or whatever. Well, I don't know. Recent travels. Recent travels. Yeah. 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 But um, so I ended up going to Ljubljana in Slovenia. And, and I feel like I can really say this now because since then I've been to Bali. Ljubljana was one of the best trips I have ever been on. It mm. was amazing. I cannot recommend Slovenia highly enough. Like the people and the landscape and the food and the wine. And it, it was just awesome. It was mm. just really awesome. It was just a lovely place. And I was there on my own for most of it. Mm. But all around fantastic. And Ljubljana, go. Amazing. Amazing honey as well. <laughs> so we're doing this because we, well, I guess... I think we like obscure stories. I don't think we like doing all the same true crime stories as every other podcast does Very and that everyone true. knows already. Very so true. I ended up deciding that I wanted to do one uh, based in Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned out that actually I picked a ridiculously safe place to go to and there are hardly any murders <laughs> in Slovenia. And since uh, they gained independence, there have been like maybe two murders a year in the entire mm. country, um, sometimes less. So and most no of them... No heists or so? Uh, I, I mean, they're, to be honest... Everything was super boring. There was there was one interesting one, like really, really, really interesting. And I have such limited information that I am going to save it for dessert and suggest that Ooh. I tell you that over a drink later. That sounds good. But um, no, Slovenia is super safe. Go there on holiday. Don't go there to visit gory crime sites because there aren't any. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I so I ended up uh, doing Croatia instead. I hope to be in Croatia in the next couple of months. So, oh, I did not realize. I I was still expecting Slovenia from you. Sorry, no. 
that's fine. I couldn't do it. Um, well, I managed to hit my destination. At least. Did you? Um, Where were you? It was slightly less exotic. I just went to Belgium. Belgium uh, was around good. the same time. It was a very good, uh, good visit. You did the catacombs, the creepy Belgian catacombs, right? Well, not catacombs. It was the former canal that had been like oh. completely sealed up uh, because of, well, partially feces and partially plague and stuff like that. Not because of dead people? Well, the plague, kind of. No, but like, Sorry. it's not like the <laughs> Paris catacombs with skulls. It was causing dead in people the... and not, it was not filled with it. I want to say that's a shame, but that feels somewhat <laughs> insensitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did manage to find a Belgian crime that I never heard of. Dude, Belgian crimes seem like... I feel like there are a lot of Belgian crimes and I'm not sure really? if it's just Dutch news that we constantly get like, <laughs> look at what our dodgy neighbours are up to or whether it's actually um, Belgians kind of got a high crime rate. Hmm. It feels like it, don't you think? I I haven't, like, I do not pay attention to news here. Dude. Uh, to be fair, I'm but, a very, very bad uh, immigrant, but... Um, we didn't do welcomes. We didn't. <laughs> do you want to do welcomes? Do the honors. <gasps> Thank you. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome here today. Into our lovely studio. We're in your air holes again. We mm-hmm. missed it. I'm Anna. I'm Jonathan. Oh, wow. I even... Yeah, it's been too long. I forgot about names and stuff. We do names. I know. We have That's the good. same names we had last time. Mm. Nothing's changed there. I'm on white wine. What do you want? I'm on the white vermouth. Yeah. You don't have any lime. I don't know. They were out I in the have store. Some kind of nasty looking limes in the kitchen. You may help yourself. Wait, skip that. I will transition into red wine pretty soon, so okay. we they're, should be good. They're not like decaying, they're just doing that thing they do whenever they start to get less green and go really hard. Oh yeah. Enjoy, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So we're gonna pause the recording so Jonathan can go off and get the nasty lines. I'm good actually, I'm good. You thank good? You, okay. Are you, you yeah. sure? Okay. Fine. <laughs> um shall we begin? I think so. We've had a bit of rambles and now comes the eternal question. Who's worst? Who is worst? I don't know. I um you put me on a bit of a roller coaster because for some reason I expected you to be bad, but then you were talking about how there was no horrible crimes in Slovenia. And I was so, like, oh, you're going to be, you're definitely not going to be worse. And then, no, I'm doing a different country. I'm like, okay, I have no idea anymore. I, I just, otherwise my story would have been about 30 seconds long. Yeah. So I picked, I p- picked Croatia. Croatia is mm. better for, for murder land. I'm sure it's just that Slovenia underreports their crime. Yeah. If you go there and you get murdered, no one will ever hear about it. Well, that's even more disturbing than a murder is, but okay. See, there we go. Enjoy. Stasha, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. You are from a beautiful country (laughs) that does indeed look like a chicken. I'm glad you pointed that out. But yeah, it's like a chicken to the right of Italy. Oh. Nice. No, I've seen it. I can't unsee it. Um, anyway, do you think you're worse this week? Uh, mm. what, what do we judge it by? First of all, is it a murder? Yes. Me too. Is it more than one? No. You can go first. But, 
Wait, so you have zero murders or? Oh, worst first. That's me. <laughs> uh, I was going to say I have some pretty horrible insinuations and accusations around that. But if you're. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. It, you're good. Okay. Off we go. Then we are going. Okay. Please tell um, me your story. Well, I didn't do any research on name pronunciation. Ah. So I'm just going to say the names with conviction and wait for people to get pissed off with me. Um, if you want to correct us, just email crimebythebar at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to, once again, take you back in time because we don't know any future crimes because it's not Minority Report. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. So I'm taking you back to the 3rd of January, 1998 in Pet Petrinja in Croatia. It's um, all right. It's really near Zagreb. So, okay. and I would love to just call it Zagreb, but I'm not going to. So, uh, no, it's good to be accurate. It's, I like it. It's Pet Petrinja. Anyway, so late at night, 3rd of January, 1998. Um, it's dark outside, it's cold. It's just generally kind of a bit of a grim day. Hmm. Um, and we have 16 year old. Elisabetta Subic, who was standing waiting for her boyfriend um, alone near a local elementary school. There was no one else around, um, mm. or so she thought, and there were no security cameras nearby. Mm. So all we know is her, her boyfriend arrived late and he found her dead. She'd been shot in the back several times, um, actually four times. And straight off the bat, okay. That's my habit. <laughs> no, you you switch it up. I, I'm just like that was like second paragraph. And... Yeah. Well, that's why I skipped the first four pages. Boring, 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 boring. Oh, Shot in the back four times. So her boyfriend found her. Um, you know, she was still warm. There was no sign of robbery or sexual assault. And Elisabetta, she was only 16. She had no known enemies. And police, of course, immediately suspected her boyfriend. Mm. Um, whenever they were questioning him, they noticed that he had traces of blood on his baseball cap. And sure enough, they were hers. Um, and they also found that at the age of 12, her boyfriend had accidentally shot his younger brother to death. Mm. Seems awfully suspicious. He said... Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm leaning the other direction to be really fair, yeah well I mean okay the blood on the baseball cap like depends on how he found if he found her checked for warmth apparently um, he said he tried to resuscitate her and that's how it ended up in the baseball cap police hmm. were suspicious and interrogated him a couple of times but hmm. I mean in the end they they thought okay he made some contradictory statements hmm. like there there are a few things that that are weird but there was no conclusive evidence against him and blood in the baseball cap doesn't really signify much more than he's in close proximity shortly after the murder Which or, he was, of yeah and the accidentally shooting his brother to death at 12 years old is pretty screwed up especially considering elisabetta was shot in the back four times but mm. i mean there's no smoking gun. No, we, to be fair, most of my uh, objection to that would be narratively or dramatically based, <laughs> yeah. uh, considering how you brought it up. But it, it felt like, oh, how convenient we're finding these facts. And let's just 
Neustadt, but no, uh, please do continue. I want to hear more. He refused a polygraph test? Okay. But he did let them do a gunshot residue test? Okay. Which came back negative. Okay, now I'm swinging around, though. And whenever they had blood spatter analysts look at the baseball cap blood, they said, no, it does actually corroborate his story. Okay. So he was let go, but he was the only strong suspect at the time. Hmm. Um, so about a month later, on the 7th of February, 1998, it was also late at night and fairly near where Elisabetta was found. Um, mm-hmm. A 63-year-old guy called Peter Jansik, um, who was a, a local, was found dead um, with a shot in his chest and two shots in his head. He had parked up his car by this uh, local football field, soccer field, and um, had gotten out of the car at some point and was shot three times. Again, there were no suspects, but it was really similar to Elisabetta's killing. It wasn't far away. And then they checked the um, the bullets. Mm. And sure enough, they matched. So... Mm. They're again looking at uh, Elizabeth's boyfriend. Seems super dodgy, and he doesn't have a mo. Sorry, he doesn't have an alibi. Hmm. He didn't have an alibi for the time before Elizabeth's death either. But he I also mean, met her sense. around like, the. Yeah. yeah, he was on his way to meet her. That makes sense, though. So they they did look into him. They again interrogated him a couple of times, but they couldn't actually find anything to tie him with the crime other than the stuff we've already talked about. So there wasn't really anything uh, solid going on. Hmm. There was nothing else that happened for two months um, in terms of uh, crimes connected that as far as anyone could see. However, then some shit kicked off. Um, (laughs) Basically, police had, had been investigating uh, heavily and they were asking a lot of questions in the local area and of all things now bear in mind this is 1998 but still I mm-hmm. I do find this slightly ridiculous they um, interviewed some clerks at a local video store oh, and asked if there was anything suspicious kicking off and they said Wait, well what? there is this dude who really likes natural born killers and he's rented it a whole bunch of times oh really um, he actually had rented it 52 times. And okay, that's troubling for other reasons, but okay, fair enough. Like, I will object to them going to the video store and asking that, but okay, someone renting it 52 times, that is a sign of trouble, if not a cause of it. I mean, bear in mind at this point, they looked into hundreds of leads and like it it was highly publicized. Croatia, as much as I joke, it, it's really, it's not a... Um, a place with a lot of violent crime. So it was quite shocking, especially to have these really strange, seemingly unrelated murders tied together by a weapon. Hmm. Um, you have a 16-year-old and a 63-year-old. It just seems kind of strange. So yeah, the um, the video store clerk actually did know the name of the guy who'd rented it. And it's, he said it's a 16, 17-year-old um, from a local town. And yeah, they started looking into him. And he a boyfriend. No, no, it's someone okay, else. Someone good. totally else. There's a, totally else. There's some. It's someone totally different. Like, totally different person. Yeah, it is. And detectives actually took it pretty seriously and found a witness who remembered seeing someone matching this um, teenager's description on a bus heading to the town 
on the night of the 63-year-old guy's murder, so on Peter um, Yancey's mm. murder, they they found out, hey, there's this there's this teenager who seems a little bit dodgy. Okay. Um, they took it pretty seriously, and they they looked into this kid's background, and some of the stuff was kind of normal, some of it was not very normal. Um, so I will tell you what the story was. So the kid's name was Serdan Milden. I, I'm saying it in a very Irish kind of way, but I'm, I'm sure it's a Croatian name. I'm just saying it ridiculously. So Serdan Milden, um, he he was born in 1981. And one of the first things they did is they checked out his uh, his criminal background. And sure enough, he did have a record. So when Ooh. yeah, when he was 12, he um, burglarized some newsstands. By 13, he'd vandalized a couple of trucks. Um, by 14, he set fire to the school library, um, hmm. although no one was hurt. Um, by 15, he broke into the school's uh, computer science um, room and vandalized the place before throwing a couple of computers out of the window. Now, this is the bit earlier when before we started recording where I'm like, oh, this sounds really like an old friend of mine. Seriously. Oh. I um, A guy I went to school with set, um, set one of the school buildings on fire and also, well, yeah, he did a lot of vandalism and... Um, in the end, the school found out he was responsible and there was one other person responsible as well. Um, but it was just as we were going off on study leave. They have a period of time before you sit your major exams mm. between 16 and 18. The last couple of months of school, you basically get to not go into class and okay. study before the exams. That's oh, all you do. Okay. Um, and they worked out these two guys were responsible around the time that was happening. So what they did is they, they didn't expel them. They allowed them to come back and sit their exams, but they were not allowed to come back, even though they both got really, really good grades. They weren't allowed to come back to our school. And they uh-huh. made a whole bunch of really strict changes to um, the way all the kids were supervised in our school. So we used to have an hour for lunch mm-hmm. and they cut it down to half an hour because these guys cool. were vandalizing stuff during the lunch breaks. Um, and you weren't allowed to be unsupervised at all during lunch. You had to be in a designated place for eating or um, <laughs> or sport or um, in a class. That was it. So they did kind of ruin it, it for everyone. so horrible. Though. Yeah. But the school got to say, hey, we've never had to um, expel anyone. Yeah, well. yeah. I, I know. So I, I reacted to this as well because that was very much what I was very used to uh, in my school. Kids doing this. Yeah. So I not... went to a nice school, by the way. This was shocking to us. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I did not. Um, <laughs> did, so, you, did you go to a rough school? I mean, it wasn't that rough. Like there was Well, you one were in the major... military as well, dude. Yeah, yeah, but that was different. That was structured. No, but like, I mean, you're rough. I'm not rough. You're I'm, rough and tumble. No, I went to a private school where this. people don't set fire to hundred-year-old school buildings, and I, I mean, I've heard that private schools are supposed to be pretty rough. And to clarify, so there were a lot of fires set yeah. uh, in my school. Uh, no building burnt down, but like the main reason people set fires for was basically to this is fun, let's have a bit of fire, then the fire alarm will go and everyone needs to leave the building, won't that be fun? Uh, so there was a lot of, like, trying to set fires for, like, maximum effect, but also so they're not found, so, like, hiding them under um, stairs and stuff like that. Sometimes oh. it got out of hand, but... Dude! Um, 
Hiding fires under stairs. Yeah. But but this, uh, that and the vandalism is a bit more uh, normal to me, I guess. Um, but it wasn't that bad. Like the worst thing we had, there was a major drug bust one time, but that a was, that was the one thing. Bust? What kind of drugs? I honestly don't remember. We had our lockers raided for poppers once. And, oh, really? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And... Um, other than that, I don't remember the school ever getting involved with drugs, but like there were people selling cocaine. Like it was mm. a it was a nice school. I mean, they weren't selling crack. <laughs> They're always the worst, aren't they? I was like, <laughs> but yeah. So back to certain. Um, <laughs> you look more serious than I do. Um, anyway, um, certain. <laughs> so after the computer science issue with uh, throwing the computers out the window oh, yeah. um certain walls actually arrested he was sentenced to counseling whatever that means like i i guess really just therapy apparently um, yeah, i mean it is a good thing to try to reform but they didn't the they didn't do a full diagnosis or anything that's just what they sentenced him to like you'd think mm. they would do community service or some kind of punishment rather than just going Hey, sort your shit out. Then again, I say this, the um, the friend of mine from school um, who did this sort of mad shit, yeah. um, he's all right now. Like, he's he seems like a pretty solid human mm. being. Um, okay. Then again, I don't actually know him very well. And <laughs> he just reaches out to me on Facebook every time someone that I went, oh, this is becoming very morbid. He reaches out to me on Facebook every time someone we went to school with dies to let me know the information of the funeral because I'm not... In the vicinity anymore. And you really make it sound like this is a very regular occurrence? It happened a few times, like, in the last couple of huh. years. And considering, like, I'm in my 20s, yeah, that's scary. Kind of. So there was a guy who tried died of brain cancer a few years ago. Oh. Um, the, the box of happy things that I talked about earlier. Oh, yeah. There may well be a poem from him um, in there for me. Uh. Yeah. So... He died of brain cancer. Um, there was a guy who dry, died from a drug overdose. He used to sell cocaine in school. Hmm. Um, and who else? No, those are the only two I can think of right now. Hmm. I am sure there are more. That's scary. Okay. It is scary. And I am surprised, but to be completely honest, from that time, I think I could point to one person that I can you know, definitely say is, no, sorry, two people I can say definitely is alive. There is, I have no idea. You don't know if people you went to school with are dead? I, I don't use Facebook. Yeah, you don't use Facebook. And well, I don't I either, but here. this dude just lets me know. This dude's yeah, like, hey, heads up, so-and-so's funeral is going to be held on this date at this time in case you want to go. Also, if you're coming over for it, then do you fancy a drink? Um yeah. Apparently, no one deems me worthy of this information, or everyone is fine. That is also possible. Everyone's but, probably fine. Yeah. Also, I guess that is a weird thing to do. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, certain. Yes. Um, rather alarmingly, um, a few months after he was sentenced to his counseling, he stole a VCR player. Who does Le that? Gasp. I mean, it's 90. What time is it now? This must have been before, so what, 90... Actually, it's it's 96, 97. I mean, oh. he doesn't know what DVDs are about to start breaking out, does he? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, do you remember whenever... Well, no, I'm not getting into DVD versus Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for that one, he did end up getting sentenced to 45 days in uh, juvenile prison. And he underwent a psychiatric evaluation because, you know, VCR. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, was diagnosed with... And I'm not sure where I pulled this from, so it's possibly a terrible Google Translate job. But anyway, um, psychotic decomposition with visible signs of psychosis. I I, I see what they're going for, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just as a a bit of background, Cerdan was was a pretty badass wrestler. Um, He won a high school wrestling tournament whenever he was 14. Um, So even though he didn't um, have many friends, he, he, you know, he wasn't like, he wasn't a total mess. Like Mm. he, he could have been an ordinary kid. He just sort of went down a bad path. Well, well, I mean, uh, athletic um, proficiency, I guess, isn't everything. But uh, but we're talking like a Greco-Roman wrestling type deal or? What or what? As opposed to like American or Japanese wrestling. I don't know what the first thing you said was. Greco-Roman wrestling. I don't know what that means. Yeah, never mind. We're not talking American wrestling is the main thing. I don't know, are we? Hello, Croatians. Can you tell us what sort of <laughs> wrestling people do? Isn't everything American wrestling? I don't know. It's either American wrestling or sumo wrestling. There's only two types of wrestling. Sumo wrestling? I don't know. What are you doing at your what? private schools? <laughs> Fencing? Um, <laughs> we don't do wrestling. Where does sewer wrestling come from? Well, I said American wrestling, and then I realized I'd read some uh, crazy shit about... Uh, an Eastern European sumo wrestler recently. Oh, sumo wrestling? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said sewer. No, we're not in Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) You really taught me. No, no, sumo wrestling. Yeah, 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 true. Um, uh, I, uh, when I was over there, I saw parts of the championship in, uh, uh, for sumo. And I think that was the first year that a non-Japanese dude won. And I think it was Bulgarian. It's, it's probably the same guy because there's mm. not many of them, but he was taught well, by... There uh, are more and they're taking over. Increasingly the so. The yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah. are pissed about this. I would be. Like, yeah. come on. But the the dude, you should see him now versus whenever he started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... How do I even know this? I think I was watching sumo wrestling some night over the winter. I... It's interesting, especially no, if you're but like, on it. But. I don't like... Um, I don't really like contact sports. Hmm. But anyway, the kid showed promise. He was a wrestling champion whenever he was about 14. Um, he won a high school wrestling tournament, um, but he didn't have many friends. Whenever the police were looking into his background, they couldn't find any classic signs of um, trauma. So um, either psychological, like there, there seemed to be no drama in terms of his upbringing. He didn't seem to suffer any head traumas whenever he was a kid, which is a classic thing they look for in serial killers, especially. Head trauma? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know you had head trauma. You're fucked. Um, <laughs> kind of. Did you have head trauma? Why do I, why do I think you had head trauma? Well, uh, the majority of my head trauma was in the military, but I also had a fair bit when I was a kid. So, yeah, apparently I'm soon to be featured on a podcast near you. <laughs> it's, um, we'll be super popular if you turn, don't. 
um i think i'm more likely to be um yeah really yeah don't you i mean yay if you don't no you're more empathic in general than i am i'm sure and then there's moaning outside (laughs) (laughs) that was definitely there's no other word than moaning really weird um very hard (laughs) but uh i'm empathic but i i'm also good at compartmentalizing you say that like someone who has a plan <laughs> I just I think it I know how how irritating I can find people sometimes <laughs> and the biggest thing that would be a barrier is uh, is the inconvenience of it all that's not true that's totally not true just we're saying. definitely leaving this just for Patreons to if at you're least. paying us to, um, yeah, if you're I paying mean, we, to be a part of this shit, then there you go. <laughs> we need some barrier before the courts get a hold of this, I suppose. Oh, dear. Um, they can just uh, request all my Amazon Echo audio. Didn't you hear about the Echo murder thing? I did not. Dude, they like, they, um, they, what were they doing? They were getting a subpoena for audio um, that Amazon had of a potential murder. Hmm. I can't remember what happened. I think they, well, anyway, we'll look it up. I'll find out another time. We'll discuss it. Um, I mean, that's a survival tactic. If you're getting murdered, just shout all the variations of Echo, Alexa, computer. Yeah. Turn on music. I know. Well, you, um, they record it in 30 second loops, so it should be saved over. So I, mm. I can't remember what the outcome of the whole thing was. Um, I, I don't think there was anything they could actually use in the trial. Um, Mm. But yeah, I mean, it keeps a record of your search history. So I think what I would do is I would say, Echo, add Jonathan is murdering me to my shopping list. I mean, okay, then Echo, you fucked up. but (laughs) It's better than nothing. I I mean, all the... um uh, all the voice snippets are saved and you can go through and listen to them. Yeah. Uh, I've heard some people do that, but... Yeah, I, um, I thought they were deleted automatically after. Uh, no. No, no, you, you can listen through, like, your entire history. I've said creepy Unless shit to it. Unless you clear it, you can clear it. And even if you don't trust the clearing it on your own, mm-hmm. uh, we fortunately have GDPR. GDPR. all you lovely murderers out there. Uh, That's true, though. Hi, send yeah. me all the audio files you have on me. And delete all traces of them, which they have to be able to do. Yeah, but they only have to do that if it's me, right? Because mm-hmm. um, GDPR, the so my echoes are linked with me. They're not linked with anyone else. So it would mm-hmm. have to be me doing the murders and doing No, 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 this is tied to your account. Yeah. And this is your stuff. But and someone would actually will... have to log into my account and request it's all deleted. Oh, yeah, yeah, you will have to request it. They will verify that it is... Yeah, the murderer is. can't do it. Just yeah, the murderer can. Of course they can. No, they can't. Oh, oh, sorry. The murderer sorry. Don't have my e- for don't, some, doesn't have my echo password. For my some answer. reason, I... I don't know why I was assuming that they were getting from the murderer's echo that he had brought someone into his, I know, sci-fi environment oh, yeah, and killed true. him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, no, that's true. If uh, if someone broke in here and murdered you, the murderer would not be able to push the GDPR. Which would be fine. Which is good, yeah. Right? Just never leave your apartment. So we're back to me drinking too much and watching sumo. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so... After 
after Sheridan had his 45 days in a juvenile facility for throwing computers out a window at his school, mm-hmm. um, he ended up getting kicked off the wrestling team and he was banned from state competitions, um, all because of his criminal record and apparent erratic behavior. His parents said that he was really pissed off with, with what happened and he saw it as a great injustice. So it could have been a catalyst for what might have come next if he was guilty. I think you could see where I'm going though. Yeah. Sorry. It was blatantly obvious. Um, (laughs) His parents actually said after that they felt like he'd lost his mind. I want to give you a spoiler alert, but I I guess I'll hold off. Um, (laughs) His grades also started to suffer and he did end up dropping out of school at around 15 or 16. Um, And apparently he started fantasizing about becoming a serial killer and renting natural born killers, a ridiculous amount. But anyway, I mean, aside from the renting, which, yes, renting the same movie 52 times. I mean, like, dude, you should know it by now. I mean, I can be disturbingly into certain films, but I mean, if you cross over 35, then there's no excuse. Is 35 the limit? I just pulled something out of my ass. That's. I mean, how many times have I watched Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23? Not 35 times, not the entire thing. I should contact Netflix to ask them. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know, maybe. I put it on the background whenever I'm doing stuff. I know everything mm. that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't rent it. That would be insane. That is a different thing. Yeah. You go in and you spend whatever number of Croatian kruna on renting that's it. <laughs> it is a currency. It's a thing. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we started reading extensively about crimes. Mm. Who would do that? definitely don't check my search history. Um, He also kept a lot of news um, clippings, particularly about violent crimes, including murders and rapes. Um, And we later find out that his dad owned an automatic rifle, which he kept in the family shed. And sometime in the winter of 1996-97, he stole the rifle and hid it in the second house that his family owned, um, which was nearby. So... Shit really kicked off with uh, certain after stealing the rifle. He snuck out of the house one night in January, uh, 19th of January, 1997. And Mm. after his parents were asleep, he ended up going to a local farmer's market, which I guess started in the early hours. Um, Came across this guy, Josip Martinik, and assuming he was a security guard, fired four shots into the air with the rifle, um, presumably just to freak out Josip. Um, he managed to get away completely terrified but actually fine and Serdan went back and hid the rifle in the second family home sneaking back in no one knew Um, so a week after firing the shots and freaking out the guy who was not a security guard who was just a random dude at the farmer's market (laughs) Serdan got the rifle from the other house and hid it under his bed um, for almost a year. And he didn't do anything with it. He just seemed to enjoy knowing it was there. Mm. It was late December 1997 when he finally took it out and he took it in a suitcase um, to Petrodinja. He ended up hiding it in a cemetery on the grounds of an Orthodox Christian church. Um, 
between sure. why not um <laughs> between some trees and uh and a tombstone he also hid gloves a military jacket a ski mask and a hunting knife so whenever he came back on the 3rd of january those were the things he retrieved as he was prepping the, yeah. the hunt so he knew he was going to kill someone and as far as um mm. anyone can tell and he later did confess uh, Elisabetta was just the wrong place at the wrong time. Apparently, he found her just standing alone, waiting for the boyfriend, and approached her saying, do you believe in Satan? He said that she grimaced but didn't answer. Um, Certain walked a little way away, um, just out of her line of sight, and then pulled the rifle. Um, He also strangely claimed a few times that he thought about um, shooting himself and put the rifle in his mouth but this just Mm. seems to be an odd thing that um, he came out with during the confession. I can't actually find any reason to believe he was telling the truth. I think it might have just been so he would uh, potentially be able to use insanity as a a defense. Uh, Yeah, Um, I see that. Like nothing really adds up there but that's what he said during his confession. Um, But yeah, he I'm worried about that entire progression, though. Like the, say that you're, uh, sorry, what was the name of the girl again? Elisabetta. Say that you're Elisabetta. Yeah. You're standing in the middle of the night alone. dude. Yeah. Dude walks up, probably, even if the rifle is not visible, probably wearing some shady gear. Yeah. Asks you, do you believe in Satan? Then walks away and... She turned her back to him? No, he he disappeared off to out of her line of sight. Apparently she just grimaced and didn't answer him. Mm. Ugh. Ugh okay, but yeah. I mean, also, what do you do in that situation? Like, if you walk away or run, then you're definitely alone. You're waiting for your boyfriend. It's mm. sort of like, I mean, I guess you go in the direction he's coming, but, oh, creepy dudes. Indeed. Creepy dudes in the dark. Indeed. Um, plus how many times has a creepy guy come up to me and said something weird? Like if you change your plans every time that shit happened, you would never do anything. No, no, I was not saying like run away. I was more saying like freak out. I I would have at least kept the corner of my eye constantly in the direction of wherever they disappeared. As he retreats into the shadows and then laps out a gun as he comes back. Dude, you're doing nothing. Good luck with that. No, 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 I'm not saying I'm going to survive. I'm just saying that I was surprised she was shot in the back. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point, actually. Yeah, sorry, I just remembered that. So, yeah, what happened? Maybe she did run. Or maybe he circled around or something. You never know. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I picture her standing with her back against something, but that's a really good point. You always come out with stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'd, so he, he shot her four times, and then he said he went back to the cemetery. He just hid the rifle and the gloves and the jacket and took a bus home. Hmm. And, yeah, video store clerks remembered creepy guy but someone else remembered a guy on the oh, bus some remembered on the bus yeah someone remembered the oh, bus so it started true. with the video store clerks but people yeah. remembered him on the bus as well um the next one the uh the one by the soccer field in february mm-hmm. um look at me speaking american um <laughs> yeah he he just told his family that he was going to see some friends and he was going to probably spend the night um again took the bus into town um, went back to the cemetery, got the rifle and just went to some nearby parking garages and and waited 
just for anyone to appear. So again, total random killing. This hmm. was the guy that came out. He ended up getting out of his car, shot him in the chest, um, and then took a couple of steps closer and shot him in the head. Hmm. Um, and for the two months that followed, there was a lot of press coverage. So that's probably why he didn't do anything. Hmm. However, he did crack. And um, the 27th of April, hello, King's Day. Um, <laughs> well, it's 1998, so it wasn't King's Day. Um, yeah, but in uh, on the morning of the 27th of April, 1998, he ended up robbing a bank. So at a certain point, he realized that the gun was missing from the cemetery. Still hasn't been found. No idea what happened to it. We'll get to how they worked out. It was him still. Okay. But yeah, um, so someone stole it. But yeah, he ended up on 27th of April. Um, he had about 300 US dollars, um, 270 euros, um, which is 2000 Croatian kunas, um, and purchased uh, an M70 from a local gun dealer. I don't know how a 17-year-old knows where to buy a gun, but mm. okay. Um, and he went into uh, a local bank with the gun he'd pretty much just purchased, um, told everyone to lie on the floor, then got a bank teller to put all the money um, in a grocery bag. She did so, but he got annoyed saying that she took too long. So he fired a shot into the wall. Um, he did end up just fleeing and uh, he... he got a little bit out of the way. He took off the mask and the sunglasses that he was using to cover up his face, hid the gun under his jacket. And um, he knew that there were some abandoned houses a little bit uh, further downtown. So he headed there, ditched the stuff, changed the clothes um, and yeah, took a bus home again, went to school because he hadn't yet dropped out. Huh. Um, he, he behaved as if it was any other day. No one was injured. People were just shaken up by the whole thing. Um, but that was um, that was another one. They, they managed to pull CCTV of him fleeing the scene on that. And they started mm. connecting it back. And whenever he was pressed, um, they, well, first of all, the police, after finding out, you know, all of these things, including the background check, um, they ended up arresting him. They searched his house. And they found dozens of news clippings uh, from all the crime uh, reports, um, some of them to do with Elisabetta and Peter, um, but also just generally the the dodgy crimes, the rapes and the murders. Mm. Um, they also find gunshot residue on a lot of his clothing. Um, bear in mind, gunshot residue can transfer, so it would make sense sure. that it's more than just uh, what he was wearing at the time. Yeah. Um, of course, they didn't find the murder weapon because it had been stolen. But they did find some bullets and shell casings because it was his dad's rifle and they used to do target practice in the backyard. Mm. Um, so they were able to compare it and that's how they determined uh, it was the same gun. That's good. Though. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. Whenever they confronted him with all of the evidence, he actually ended up just confessing to all the crimes. Um, he even took the detectives back to the crime scenes, describing them in really vivid detail and... Um, and yeah, he, he said he experienced pleasure from it and he, he found the whole thing really enjoyable, fascinating. Um, and he also, again, I, I really, I feel like this is such a bullshit thing that people say before they go to trial. Um, he said 
he heard voices telling him to kill people and if he didn't oh, listen to them he would feel a sharp pain in the stomach area i believe in people hearing voices i do not believe this guy mm -hmm. um he said once he committed a murder the voices and pain would stop for a while and would later return forcing him to kill again whatever dude um so he was put up for psychiatric evaluation he was found to be sane um he did stand good. trial good after a, did he ever mention anything about satan by the way I, not as far as i can tell oh, yeah. um so the trial took almost a year he was found guilty on all counts but was only sentenced to 10 years because he was a minor and that was the maximum sentence they could give. So two murders and a robbery, and he was given 10 years. Oh, okay. Um, he apparently told the judge, see you in hell. So that's the closest thing we have to a Satan reference. <laughs> um, that said, he was a model prisoner. And yeah, they... Oh, no, that makes me worry even more, though. Oh, yeah. He got um, lots of supervised temporary leave. He got to go home on the weekends. Um, he got to go home 20-odd times. Um, and, and it was fine. It was totally grand. Um, apparently the 21st time, which was on the 17th of February, 2002, mm -hmm. it was not so good. Um, so he was, uh, 21 at this point. So he's only been in for like four years of his 10 year sentence. Um, sorry, not even, um, I guess he'd been in like three years. Mm. Um, like that's going home like easily once a month. How crazy is that? Um, Way more than I've done the last couple of decades. <laughs> oh, honey. No, okay. Yeah, you don't want to go home. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You know. The studio is my home. The studio is your home. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he skipped out on uh, the surveillance. He didn't go back. He ended up taking the train to Zagreb, um, not far from where he committed the original crimes. And he purchased... Uh, a Beretta, a nine mil <laughs> Beretta. Do you know what the stupid thing is about Berettas? Um, Ian Fleming, whenever he was writing the uh, all the Bond novels, mm -hmm. the early ones, he had Bond carrying a Beretta and then a guns expert started like reaching out to him and saying, you know, this is a lady's gun. It's like, it's little, it's, it's cute, it's lightweight, it has limited kickback. It's the sort of thing that a woman carries in her purse for self-defense. So in the later Bond books, he changed it to... Uh, Walter PBK. Exactly, you know, mm. yeah, um, and so yeah. Every time I I hear Beretta, I'm like, oh, it's a sweet little cute gun. Um, so I'm imagining some it's male chauvinistic a... prick sending emails to Ian Fleming, going, "It's a lady's gun. He can't use a lady's gun." <laughs> anyway. I mean, it's a lethal weapon, but I mean, goodness gracious, it's so dainty. Yeah, it's dainty. You can't <laughs> even blow a whole dick off with it. Just the tip. <laughs> Oh, just a tip. I mean, it's the most important <laughs> bit, but who cares? <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, it was the best use of just the tip I think I've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, why is this getting smutty? <laughs> oh, he's bond. Oh, uh, well, that's true. Um, so 21-year-old certain got his uh, lovely pretty Beretta um, and robbed uh, a bank taking 83,000 Croatian kunas, which is oh. about 13,000 US dollars or 11,000 euros as a direct translation to today's money because I'm super lazy. Um, 
he managed to rather dodgily rent an apartment um, on the other side of town to where he'd done the the robbing. Um, and yeah, he, he did it under an alias and just used it as a hideout. Um, police were, of course, chasing him. Um, they quickly linked the disappearance to the bank robbery. Um, and after looking for him and not being able to find anything, they ended up... Uh, rather fortuitously receiving an anonymous tip saying, hey, he's hiding out on the other side of town in Zagreb. <laughs> I was really hoping it was going to be something movie related. Like, no, okay. Ah, oh, he rented <laughs> Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas 500 times. No one want, rents a movie that many times. <laughs> like over the course of the weekend, he just kept renting natural born killers, bringing it back after three hours, mm. getting us to rewind it and then renting it again. <laughs> That's like, more he's like a it. Psycho, That's more like clearly. it. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, back when you had to rewind tapes. Anytime. That, oh, just no, let's not. Um, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so they sent in three police uh, men to check the whole thing out. And um, they ended up. Now this sounds like a movie. This sounds like Catch Me If You Can. They got there just as Serden was coming back um, from a supermarket. Two of the police officers stayed downstairs and the third one went up. Um, he asked him for ID. Serden reached into his pocket and... Da, 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 built out a gun and shot the dude in the chest multiple times, killing him. Oh, sorry. I expected the complete opposite. Well, I expected really? pulling out a gun... But I expected him to be shot down, but okay. No, uh, Milenko Vrankovic uh, was the 40-year-old police officer who went up um, on his own. Uh, and yeah, um, it's, yeah, so it's pretty brutal. Mm. Um, certain, yeah, whapped out the gun, shot him numerous times and uh, killed him. He even uh, managed to steal the service weapon from Malenko and and then flee, fled. Uh, the the two other police officers obviously heard the the shots and um, chased after certain also fired at him several times, but they missed. It does sound like a movie. Um, and certain did escape completely unscathed. Um, mm. So he fled. He ended up coming across a young woman. Um, he put the gun to her head, I think the service weapon, and mm -hmm. basically demanded that she lead um, him into her apartment it turned out she was living with her mum and her younger brother which really freaked him out because for some reason he thought oh I'm just going to put a gun to some stranger's head and they're going to live alone and it'll be totally fine mm. but she didn't so he ends up taking the family hostage um, he used their phone to call his cousin um, telling his cousin that he'd fucked up um, the cousin, she managed to reason with him and like say, look what happened, tell me everything, da 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 She seemed to be super calm, really chill, like got the whole story out of them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he, he did seem to behave a little bit more reasonably in the sense that it didn't seem like the family he was holding hostage was in imminent danger. Oh. Um, cousin, she gets him off the phone, immediately calls the police and says, yo, yeah. my cousin is up to this shit 
Can someone go and sort this out? Um, so police uh, show up. They surround the whole building. They try negotiating with certain for, um, well, it ended up being three hours. He refused to surrender. Um, whenever the press shows up, he, he finally realizes, like, the jig is up. He's not getting out of this. Allegedly, after seeing the reporters outside, he ends up dropping both the guns, the original and the service weapon. And and just stepping outside. He later said that um, he was afraid the other cops would kill him because he was not a cop killer. Um, and he just wanted uh, the whole thing documented properly before he was arrested. Um, the hostages were all fine. Uh, hmm. So after, you know, being sentenced to, to 10 years and possibly being able to get out early on good behavior, we now have a 21-year-old who is found guilty of the aggravated murder of a police officer, unlawful imprisonment. Um, and as far as I can tell, they didn't even bother charging him for the escape. Um, what was a robbery, though? The, he, was, he was only ever convicted of one robbery. And I think it was the original one. I don't even think it was the second one. Okay. Um, I... I was looking up his arrest records and it wasn't totally clear which one he was convicted on, but he was mm. only convicted on one of them, which I find quite strange. Mm. But anyway, uh, yeah, so he ended up getting a 15 year prison sentence, which also seems kind of crazy to me. Um, it was yeah. it was to run consecutively with the original 10 year sentence. But still, like, what the hell? Wait, 23 um, in total? Yeah. Uh, something like that. No. Concurrently, no, consecutively, so not concurrently. Yeah, okay, so back tw- to back. 23 after uh, he was, um, yeah, caught again, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it basically the whole thing results in him being eligible for release actually, not even eligible, he will be released in 2027. Hmm. Like, dude, that's like, what the hell? That's um, invisible. yeah, so. Oh, I do have a note. Yeah, the it was the first bank robbery he was convicted of, not the second, um, apparently because of lack of conclusive evidence. Um, <laughs> okay, then. Right, great. Well, yeah, they. I guess they had the um, the CCTV from the first one, and this mm. one they didn't. Whatever. Yeah, okay, this is okay. so stupid. Yeah. Um, interestingly, his cousin, the one on the phone, was one of the witnesses at the murder trial. And apparently in the middle of her testimony, certain rushed over to her and started strangling her, telling her that she was going to pay. No satanic shit, but you're going to pay. Um, Hmm. And it took two officers to pull him away. Um, Generally, he seems like a pretty violent dude. um, And he was kept in isolation in prison until 2013 because uh, he kept threatening to, to murder a cellmate if he ever got one. And in March 2014, he openly threatened to murder another prisoner, like a specific one, rather than just a general, give me a cellmate and I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. So they ended up searching his cell really thoroughly rather than the typical random searches. And they find Shiv. So, yeah, intent I mean, and weapon. Th- that's not surprising, but yeah. Is even- it? Well, I guess not. Um, he was put in solitary for a few months. Um, again, didn't receive any extra prison time. Um, well, I mean, that's a crime. There's two crimes, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not sure how they... I guess they just re- the they revoke privileges, I guess. Um, mm. Speaking of revoking privileges, the, the weird thing is he he does get to spend time with other prisoners apparently he likes to play snooker and video games Mm. i'm not sure what video games um and he's still visited by his parents i i don't know like i i just find that kind of interesting like 
I wonder why they visit. He also gets um, visits from his uh, his priest or pastor or whoever his religious person is. Um, I it's a Christian country. That's why I'm saying uh, Christian words. Um, oh, okay then. But. He hasn't learned his lesson. He tried to escape in January 2018. Um, he failed. They, uh, you know, really keep an eye on him, but that's mm. it. And strangely, January of this year, he was supposed to be called as a witness um, for an attempted murder of another prisoner. Um, he, oh. he he witnessed uh, this, this other prisoner who was beaten up so badly that um, he his permanent brain damage and was transferred to a um, yeah a psychiatric facility um, care facility um, mm-hmm. but but between one reason and another it, it seems like he ended up not actually um, he he was brought out of prison to uh, testify and then they didn't even use his testimony so hmm. fine whatever but yeah w- what is kind of interesting as well is. So he, of course, kept the um, the clippings for murders, but also for rapes. But there was no uh, sexual assaults on any of the victims. So it does seem like one of those cases where um, it's lucky they caught him early because who knows what would have happened if uh, yeah. they hadn't have got him. Like, if they got him with the, the video store clerk thing. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like, yeah. I mean, if he hadn't been obsessively renting that movie, then he might have gotten away with it for longer and he really could have escalated, like killing two people randomly within a couple of months yeah. and that's the thing with random killings it's so difficult to to find the person responsible because i mean it's it could be anyone there is no motive there is no connection for them to look at the boyfriend of the first victim again and to go i mean of course you have to do that yeah but i mean the second dude was 63 and it's like oh the boyfriend of the first one doesn't have a motive or it doesn't have an alibi hmm. creepy but yeah. Yep. So that was that was the story of uh, certain Milden, and he will be forty-seven whenever he's released from prison, which feels quite young. E- yes, I'm not as satisfied with that conclusion, but I'm I'm pretty dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. How can you get so little time? Okay, the first one might not agree fully, but at the same time, okay, fine, minor. I do agree that it's important to make some distinctions. So you, you need some kind of variance there. But, mm-hmm. like, if you've had, like, two completely cold-blooded murders, one uh, bank robbery, which it was apparently convicted for, then dude runs off and starts killing people again, kills a law enforcement officer, and... All that stuff and like, yeah, 50 more years. Yeah. No. It's like, crazy. That was my story. Was it worst first? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say something. You were in first, so you were worst. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> I'll try to spin mine a bit more happy. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say, I have a happy quick one I can end up, but I really don't. <laughs> I have my brutal uh, Ljubljanian one. Mm. But anyway, no, 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 no. I'm ready. Should we well, take a break? Have a top up? Minus journey, so I do believe we'll need a top up first. Yeah. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back.
Jonathan. Hello, Anna. We're back. We are back. Yes, we have topped up and done all the recycling. Actually, and... All I've done is got a cat on me, so hold oh, on. Well, you topped up on companionship. Topped up or doubled up? Doubled up? I don't know. It's but... got four paws and one thing. Heart. Beady crap in it. Kelsey, <coughs> what do you have in you? Thing heart beady crap. Yes. I don't know. The thing we want to stir in all <laughs> the, of you the listeners. The blood infrastructure. What do you call that? The circulatory system? That's the one. Okay, then. <laughs> That's how you can't living things, right? But infrastructure beaty thing. <laughs> Actually, does that mean conjoined twins are one or two? Because conjoined twins can have two different circulatory systems, right? They can have different blood types. It's like a mother and child. Oh, it, do, yeah, it, that's true. It, it's I've, possible. It can go both ways, right? Yeah, yeah, I have read that. Because they can be more easily separated if they have separate circulatory systems versus not. Yeah. Although conjoined twins presumably are identical twins, in which case they have the same blood type anyway. True. So there's no need to have separate ones other than, you know, being separate. I, I'm slightly baffled. I haven't even thought of the concept of conjoined twins in ages. You it, know, it came up way more back in the day, I want to say, God, for some reason. Dude, you know why I thought of them today? No. The baby corn that we had in uh, dinner earlier. Yeah. So I, I used to be able to get it fresh back home all the time. And then I saw a tin of it today and was so excited and then was so disappointed when we edit and that stir fry because mm. it's like this tastes really woody. Um, <laughs> but I used like half of it and I put the rest in a balmanan jam jar mm-hmm. Um with some extra water so you have the baby corn floating in water as i'm screwing the lid on it reminded Mm. me of nemo and all their creepy pickled stuff and they have conjoined monkey twins at nemo yeah how did i not see that i don't know they have every stage of a pregnancy in a fucking jar at Mm. nemo they have all sorts of shit i've seen that before but i thought i would have reacted to that but hmm. oh and floof is off yeah they have they have kitten fetuses in jars at nemo honey oh no um yeah they have creepy shit there like hello Hmm. science children come and enjoy i mean science is creepy in the best of ways though well the baby corn in a jam jar made me think of that (laughs) fair enough so that's where we're at (laughs) and i've lost my companion but i have my wine (laughs) and you're hey it's like six months ago (laughs) and my man host I thought we only did lady host. Do we need to? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> um, oh, cool. Okay, dude. I was wondering if you have a story to tell me. I do have a story. Do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From the wild, exotic land of Belgium. <gasps> Yay, Belgium. We yes. did talk about this. It's all coming back. Indeed. Sewerland. Um, <laughs> yes, Sewerland. <laughs> That's I'm sure they're going to love that. Um, I will completely mess up everything in the story, though, because, okay, Belgium, we have a variant of Dutch and a variant of French, and I have a lot of people from all over, and I'm going to just weirdly wobble across all the pronunciations. Just Swedish arise it, it'll be fine. Jonathan. Uh, Yes? Tell me your story. I shall, I shall. (laughs) Our story, as mentioned, Uh Belgium. More specifically, West Flanders, let's say. Cool, West Flanders. And very specifically, we're going to a castle. <gasps> I love it. Carpentier Castle. It sounds good. I can also show you. 
You did pictures? Why didn't I, I do did pictures? pictures? I know I didn't do pictures. The only picture I had was of my creepy murderer looking super creepy. That's not too fun. This is the castle. Ooh. It's like a dollhouse. It, yeah, it looks super pretty. It has a turret. It has some stepped, what do you call those? Gables? Um, mm. It has, is it sandstone? Looks beautiful. Nice. It's quite. It is quite close. I can actually show you the next picture as well. I'm a bit uh, disappointed with the. This guy. He looks like he works in IT. He looks like an IT manager sort of type. <laughs> possibly, possibly office manager. Possibly mm. someone who doesn't know how to do control delete. <laughs> I don't know. I can't speak to these specific um, questions, but. I, I don't know. I, I quite like the look of him. Oh, he reminds yeah. me of um, of a guy I went to school with. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. He's, he's got that sort of awkward sucking your lips in smile and you you don't really know what to do with, with it and it's just a little bit awkward. <laughs> I like his hair, I like his glasses. That, the glasses shape is solid. You just like the guy. Are you going to tell me something awful about him and I'm going to go, he has the sucked in lips of a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the man I showed you a photo of, which will be posted uh, later. Sorry, dear listeners. Oh, fuck, he is the murderer, isn't he? Um, he is the owner of this castle. Oh, really? Uh, his name was uh, Stein Salens. Dude, I'm pretty sure Possibly. he just set up the, um, the fucking router or something. He's not, he didn't own, he doesn't own it. He doesn't own it. He, he, his shirt is too blue. <laughs> if you say so, I'm just going by the facts as reported by several media outlets. But okay. Right. Um, okay. The supposed owner of this castle, uh, Stein Salens. <laughs> Um, he was a Belgium project developer coming ah. from a very rich family. So I can see where you're coming from. Okay. So he lived there with his wife and four children. Stein had some pretty lofty goals in general. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently he was aiming to put together a dream team with all the bunny rabbit ears and bold fonts. Um, a dream team with the ultimate goal of solving the problems of the earth including, but not limited to, ending world hunger and curing all disease. Oh, here's the sucked, on lip, sucked in lips of someone who's planning how to fix the world's problems. There you go. You knew that um, smile was, well, who knows? Let's he, find out. He was also very actively looking forward to the future and specifically the invention of hover cars. Because why, why? not? I know this was apparently on record. Move to the fucking Netherlands. There are hills in Belgium. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, some lovely hills, to be fair. I've walked around them. Not suitable for hovercars. Uh, possible, possible. I guess they'll be better than hovercrafts, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I get awfully past remarkable after a few glasses of wine. <laughs> it's all good. So uh, Stein had all these goals, and he was planning on setting up this dream team in Australia. Okay. Uh, and he had already, like, um, he had been communicating with people, trying to coordinate things, and started planning the move for him and his family. Uh, so this was in October 2011. Okay. He was well underway with all the plans and whatnot. But on the 31st of January in 2012, something happened. I'm freaked out. So Elizabeth, the wife... Of Steins, discovered a trail of blood in the entrance hall of the castle when she came home one day, uh, as well as a bullet casing, apparently. And her husband was nowhere to be found. 
uh, as it was recorded, there was a lot of blood by the castle to the point where, I mean, there was no one who thought that whatever happened here wouldn't have been fatal. Okay. Because it was just way too much blood. I, I have a total soft spot for these ones. I feel like it's um it's much like Gone Girl. I can just imagine someone um. syringing off blood and dumping it. <laughs> I would like to find a proper one like that. Hmm. But in this case, uh, of course, he contacted police, authorities, etc. Uh, but at first, like, the officials didn't have that much to go on. Uh, there was a connection they were investigating to a suspicious group of four Chechens who had apparently driven around the castle in October. So just before the change of the year. I mean, it's like... I saw those corners. They're they're pretty solid 90 degree corners. Okay, maybe I should say driven around the castle grounds. Okay. Um, so I was a bit skeptical when I read this because apparently they were. This was discovered when police had stopped them for a quote routine check in October, and they had taken the GPS data from their car and also a map they had, and the map was very specifically covering the castle grounds, okay. but also checking the GPS data. However, the first action the police actually officially took was to bring in two people. Uh, Andre and Peter Giselbrecht or Giselbrecht or Giselbrecht. I'm going to say Giselbrecht. They brought them in for questioning. So Andre was a doctor and also Stein's father-in-law. Okay. And it was pretty well known that they didn't get along for several reasons. Yeah. Uh, and Peter was the brother-in-law, so Andre's son. Uh, and they were both detained for 48 hours, but then they were released because they couldn't do that much with that. After this, they actually arrested the four Chechens I mentioned, as well as a man named Pierre Seri, or Pierre Seri, whatever. Um, so among the documents that were found during the so-called routine check was the, it, there was also some mention of Pierre's name. And this guy had a criminal record. Yeah. Since before. Uh, apparently, mainly for hormone trafficking, like you do. I mean, that's quite specific. Well, I guess steroids? I suppose so, but steroids I couldn't find details. Steroids are fucked up chickens. That. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I'll buy it. But... Yeah, I mean, Belgians are into their agriculture and they have less space than the Dutch. Hmm. I did not consider Sorry, that angle. Livestock? So, that, that works, that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, Beef out the cows and chickens and the piggies because the duchies have enough space to to have extra piggies roaming. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just flat space, but at the same time, if you count, like, you have so many hills and mountains, you're going up and down, that's more like surface area. Yeah, but the Dutch um, and the Danish have some of the um, cruelest policies whenever it comes to rearing livestock. So they, they're allowed to raise them in smaller uh, spaces. Hmm. I mean, I can see the Danish, but I didn't think the Dutch were that bad. Yeah, unless something's changed in the last couple of years. That used to be a thing. Like, that's hmm. the reason uh, Dutch and Danish bacon is um, <clears throat> so widely exported. Is it, It's not, well, I mean, like in the UK, all the bacon you get is Dutch or all the cheap bacon you get is Dutch or Danish because... The welfare standards are so low in both countries hmm. um, that even though you can't buy bacon over here in the Netherlands in the same style as you would buy uh, mm. in the UK, 
That's where they get it from. Huh. Fucked up. Kind of. Yep. I'm feeling better about being judgmental about the, the so-called bacon we have here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wanker bacon fuckers. I know. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> so they brought all of these people in as well. Uh, but... Um, all of these, like the four Chechens and Pierre, were also released due to lack of evidence shortly after their arrest. Mm-hmm. Mm. A week or so later, the police brought in Andre, Peter, and Pierre yet again for questioning. And after many, many hours of interrogation, they were, quote, officially put in suspicion and arrested. I'm enjoying this. But, oh, there's more. So two days after this like proper arrest, and this was in total around two weeks after the murder, mm-hmm. um, Stein's body was found. He was murdered. He was dead. Shit, he was murdered. Yeah. Uh, so his body was found in the uh, Blekerbos in Maria Alter, uh, which is approximately four kilometers away from the castle. And the remains were found in a shallow grave near a chalet owned by Pierre. I've... I didn't think he was dead. Dude, I saw his lovely little face. <laughs> you saw the face. That face isn't 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 across the border anymore. Okay, let's continue with the story. Okay. Um you you do know what a chalet is, right? Yeah, it's like a house. Yeah, it's like a Swiss style cottage thing. Like I've heard the term but I've not You've never until used it. Uh, I, I've never used it. I've heard it, but I yeah, okay. thought I'd share. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry, I didn't even realize it wasn't a widely known thing. I mean, how often are you talking about Swiss-style cottages? Uh, as a teenager and child, very frequently. Oh, really? I don't yeah. know. People go to burn and rent chalets and I don't know. My childhood was apparently lacking. You're from Northern Europe. Oh, there was a tone there. Goodness. You're from Northern Europe where, where the sun doesn't shine for half the year. It shines 24 hours a day on other days. So. I am trying to be bitchy and judgmental, but really I'm just like, <laughs> we just want to feel like we're part of continental Europe <laughs> when we're clearly not. <laughs> we want to be judgmental of someone. We need to choose our northern neighbors. Oh, well... No, you're not going to get fair enough for that. No, no that is fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, chalet is a very ordinary term to me. Good. Okay. Ah. But yes, shallow grave near Pierre's chalet. Pierre, a uh, hormone trafficking guy. But So they recovered the body and the autopsy showed that Stein had been shot in the back, hit in his right lung, and the actual cause of death was... Basically him suffocating on his own blood. That is so grim. That is not a fun way to go. Um, the Gieselbrechts, um, the father and brother-in-law, uh, they were held in custody as the investigation continued. But by September 2012, uh, police were forced to release them. At a press conference at the time of their release, they both stated that they had nothing to do with the murder. They were completely innocent. This was nonsense. So, jumping forward even more, in late January 2013, Mm -hmm. almost exactly one year after the murder, police identified the actual shooter, the actual murderer, 
Yeah. Thanks to DNA research. Uh, how? They caught some DNA from the crime scene. But how did they know it wasn't just transfer or... So they found DNA at the scene presumably mingled with, I don't have all the specifics, but ah, presumably okay. mingled with the residue and other things and not So it was enough that it's like, it wasn't like someone just came into the crime scene and waggled no, no, his this dick was around someone or who was there during the, the shooting. And yeah, it was close enough to say, no, this person probably shot them. Okay, cool. I'm going to shush. No, it's, it's good to keep me on my toes. No, no, no. Um, I just, I'm like, how do they know it was the DNA of the shooter? Through how DNA they, After I've mixed up all the names, <laughs> just tell me how they know it's the right well, person and they're not making an Anna right now. <laughs> you're going to hate me. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because you're going to get another name. So Kelfi, pay attention. <laughs> they identified, they identified the shooter as an Antonius von Bommel. Hey. A man from Eindhoven. Of course. In the Netherlands. Why the fuck did I know it was a Dutch person? <laughs> Antonius van Bommel. Van Bommel is obviously going to be Dutchy. Well, it's never a Belgian. I could not say for certain. I am. But you know these things. You're I, Dutch. I really don't know. I'm fucking with people. <laughs> and according to the Gemeente, I'm not fucking Dutch. They need to research me. Oh, no. <sighs> I'm irritated by them. So they had identified the shooter. Yeah. Antonius van Bommel. Unfortunately, Van Bommel had suffered from pretty severe cancer and he had died in 2012. Really? About three months after the murder. No. So after this, there was a lot of confusing back and forth from the authorities. Andre, the stepfather, was arrested yet again. Yeah. Uh, apparently due to a report from a court psychiatrist, but we'll get to that later. Um, so at this stage, Andre's lawyers was filing for pretty severe damages. Yeah, I can imagine. This was, he had been brought in several times. Can you imagine being the um, the widow? Yeah, that's not going to be fun either. Uh, like you've lost your husband <coughs> to a pretty brutal murder and mm. then your dad keeps being dragged in accused of it. And... Mm. and your brother as well from time to time. Yeah, but he's probably a twat. So. Okay, then. Sorry, I'm not projecting. <laughs> I didn't have an interesting day with my brother. Fair enough. I shan't touch that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, his lawyer was filing for damages. Uh, also around this stage, uh, another suspect, new person, the Dutch Evert de Klerk, was arrested. So he was a known associate of Pierre. Yes. The hormone smuggler guy. And he was believed to be the other person present at the murder. Because they knew that there was the shooter, the von Bommel, yeah. and also another person. So he was taken in, but he was also released a month later when he was found to not match the DNA from the crime scene. So you're just giving me names for no reason? There is a reason. Okay, good. We will tie this all together. Okay. Jumping forward even a bit more, we're now in February 2015. They do manage to link the DNA from the crime scene to a new suspect, as in the second person at the crime scene. Yeah. A Well, third, but okay. Fran well, okay, third apart from the victim. This is true. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> A Franciscus Roy Larmit, who happened to be von Bommel's nephew. This is seeming all very dodgy. 
So uh, we'll call him Roy. He was also Dutch. Roy. Um, yeah, I mean, that was apparently his nickname, but his name was Franciscus Roy Larmet. No, no, Roy is good. Roy is easy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, he was also Dutch and he was extradited mm-hmm. to face the Belgian court in late March 2015. I mean, just... Stick him on a talus, right? Um, so, this is all really recent. I like recent ones. Oh, we're inching closer. This is getting closer still. Um, so at first, he was not cooperating or giving any kind of information. Mm-hmm. But after a while, he actually started talking. He insisted that he had no idea that his uncle, von Bommel, was planning any kind of murder or anything. Uh, he was just saying, no, no, he accompanied von Baumel in his car to the castle. But the more he kind of started talking, some more points kind of came up that led authorities to connect some other things and for a third time properly arrest André Gieselbrecht, the stepfather. Nice. I, I did mention there was some bad blood between Stein and his father-in-law. Yeah. So most of this was because André was suspecting that Stein was sexually abusing his children. Holy shit, this got dark. Yeah. So, Andre had tried reporting Stein before, uh, specifically for assaulting his granddaughter. Um, Fuck, dude, seriously? This is a school night. Told you this went places. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, So, he had try to report him before. Yeah. Uh, the last time he did was in 2011. But according to the stepfather, the complaint was never, or at least not properly examined by the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and some sources indicate, I have I wasn't able to corroborate this completely, but some sources indicated that Elizabeth, the mother, was also part of the reports against Stein, as in she Shit. was also trying to she help also report this. She also thought it this. was true. Mm. Uh, but couldn't 100% confirm that. It was mentioned in some places. And for most of these proceedings, both mm-hmm. regarding the murder and those charges, she has been kind of excluded. So She's been through a lot. Yeah, probably. Wow. During the now even more extensive questioning, uh, Roy, the nephew, you remember, he had mentioned that his uh, uncle had described the the victim yeah. as an incestuous father. And the police were apparently aware of Andre's accusation, so they felt confident enough in bringing him in and arresting him again due to this connection. Um, because, of course, it wasn't widely known. So Roy also brought light a more concrete connection with the cleric, where he stated that his uncle had apparently asked him to go to this guy in the summer of 2011 to deliver a message that a certain agreement could continue. And this resulted in the clerk being arrested yet again, as in this information did. Um, But he still denied any and all involvement. So at this point, we're in February 2016, after all these proceedings, uh, at this point, they staged a reconstruction of the crime scene full of lawyers, researchers, police from Bruges. Um, and they sealed off like the entire castle grounds, had mounted police and helicopters and everything. I've like heard and seen transcripts of all of this. But what you can see as in visually, it was kind of interesting, but still it gives you nothing because like no media was allowed. 
near there. So yeah. you just have every media outlet reporting on standing by the border of the police barricades and looking at the fancy horse police and stuff <laughs> like that. Which, yeah, it's something. I mean, horses, police, castle, fancy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so they, of course, documented the entire reconstruction very well. Uh, so with Roy, he was also the only suspect who was present. Uh, neither of the um, in-laws or anyone else was there. It was just Roy and the police. Mm -hmm. So during the reconstruction, he explained how Stein was killed. Apparently, von Bommel had left Roy in the car as he walked up to the castle with a pistol hidden in a cardboard box. So this was... Everyone's just going to assume you're carrying a pet frog or a tortoise or something. Or a new pair of Adidas. I don't know. Is there anything you can carry walking up to a castle without looking more or less suspicious than Princess anyone? hat? I'm, yeah. Birthday present? Uh, post? Post. I mean, Postman. A, a cardboard box could be a post. Could uh, be like yes, a it, yeah. Amazon packaging. I don't know. I'm, I'm really picturing him looking super conspicuous with a gun-shaped <laughs> cardboard box or like a big sticker on it. Instead of fragile, it says not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. Uh, I mean, it's very possible that he was looking conspicuous, but um, no one was around... Outside, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so this was around 10 or 11 in the morning on the 31st of January. Roy didn't see what happened, but he heard one shot. He still insists that he had no clue that a murder was going to take place this day. But he did at this point admit to helping to bring the body from the entrance hall to the car and then make it disappear, i.e. shoving it in a shallow grave. I mean, he didn't do a very good job. No. Uh, like the investigators after hearing this still kind of doubted Roy's story they believed that he was fully involved in the planned murder but at least they got some more details here um, so during all this time Andre Gusselbrecht the stepfather uh, his defense had been pushing the father-in-law's accusations against Stein partially the initial reports and also more recent issues so Andre's lawyer claimed that Stein's computer had been tampered with and that photos and files had been erased during the investigation. Okay. And when it came to the initial investigation, like before the murder, uh, after Andre's report, uh, the defense said that like other evidence, such as parts of medical reports, were missing, and there were like no traces at all of any interrogation of Stein from this time. Huh. When the first, uh, when the father-in-law tried to report him. Yeah. So that's really weird. There was a lot of weird notes here. Um, this kind of came together as well with a lot of pressure put on the public prosecutors here. Yeah. Uh, since it was suggested they had very close ties with the very rich Salins family. Oh, yes. Of course yeah. they are rich. I forgot they live in a sh they shiny, in a shiny castle. castle. Yes. Yeah, but he looks like an IT guy. Yeah, well, I mean... Not saying that IT guys can't be rich, but I'm just I don't know. It's probably pretty easy to, you know, do the whole dream team IT guy thing if you come from a very rich family with castles. But his shirt is too blue. <laughs> <laughs> we will have to investigate the shirt later. <laughs> uh, so there was pressure on due to these 
supposed connections. Yeah. But the suspicions here grew even stronger as there was a leak to the press with some tapped phone calls. Ooh. So it later turned out that the person behind this leak was Peter Gieselbrecht, okay. the brother-in-law okay. who leaked this. Uh, and he was arrested for this later in that same year. Yeah. Um, like, yes, it was leaking them, but not manufacturing them. So there were still a lot of doubts regarding the connections between the family and the prosecutors and all that. And the lawyer had, like, the, the lawyers for them had said that everything around this was alarming, like all the missing evidence and records, and also definitely stated how bad it was the fact that a lot of people have been taken into custody for like far less than even the evidence that remained after all this. Yeah. Uh, when when children are involved, that's, which is yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, uh, but apparently nothing had happened there, and like Stein's defense on that point, like they just tried to turn around. Like they just said that like there was no expense spared in digging up anything that could incriminate uh, Stein's character and uh, portrayed the entire thing as just a witch hunt to distract people from uh, the murder story. Which, I mean, I'm hoping you have a conclusion to this because if it was just smearing the murdered guy's name, then it is also bullshit. Do you think it's true? I don't know what happened, <clears throat> but, well... We'll round off. It's not much left. Okay. We're now towards the end of 2016. It's been a couple of years. Uh, Pierre Seri, the guy hormone smuggler with the chalet and the body turning up there and the yeah. name in the Chechen spot. I remember. I'm good with names. <laughs> I, not for you, for the listeners. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he finally decides to start talking at this point. Yeah. So it was generally known that uh, Pierre and André was relatively close. Uh, so Pierre started out as a patient of his. So he was doctor. Okay. And Pierre admitted that there was indeed an intention to kill Stein and that the entire setup for this murder had been premeditated. Why would he admit this? He, I mean, he has been brought in a lot as well and under pressure, I'm guessing they wanted to clear things up. Yeah. Uh, so he stated that the clerk had recruited the hitman from Bommel in the Netherlands. Uh-huh. He did make mention that uh, money was paid for the job. Like it was proper. No, it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Mm. So there's a lot of people involved by now, as you've noticed. Uh, and all the court proceedings and investigations went like back and forth for ages for this. But in the mid in mid-2017, wow. Andre, the father-in-law, yeah. finally actually confessed to ordering the murder. Seriously? Mm. Hey, and it's bang up to date, almost. Um, yeah, so he saw all this as the only way to save his grandchildren from Stein. Which I think a lot of people would um, think is pretty admirable. Um, yeah. If the, so, if the accusation is true. If the accusation is true, especially. So, yeah, it was a combination of like him trying to report this and getting like no headway, according to him. Uh, and then that combined with the fact that Stein was planning on moving the entire family to Australia. He felt and like, then you're away. Yeah, and he won't be able to do anything. So he saw that yeah. as this is the only way he can protect them. 
um, as a quote for him, he said, the children were in danger. It was my ultimate solution. Wow. So Andre had confided in Pierre about his worries and his suspicions here. Uh, and he knew that Pierre had a criminal history and connections. Mm -hmm. So Pierre had investigated several uh, approaches, but in the end, he just kind of reached out to his Dutch contact, the clerk, who in turn acted as a second intermediary to recruit the terminally ill von Bommel to actually carry out the crime. The court finally decided on the sentences for all the people involved in uh, April uh, 2018. Wow. So... We got close. Yeah. André was sentenced to 27 years in prison for ordering the murder of his son-in-law. Fuck. Uh, he was 67 years old when the sentence passed. So there we go. Mm -hmm. uh, Pierre, also 67 years old, he got 21 years. Wow. Roy, he was 41 and he got 15 years in prison for his involvement. And finally, the clerk was 54 he got 27 years as well. And the court stated that he was a professional criminal who acted without scruples and exclusively for profit. So that's why he got basically the same as the man who ordered the crime. Well, yeah, fair enough. Mm. That's crazy. That's that's kind of the story. I, I haven't checked for updates for the last couple of months. I want to I, I I know if like the guy was actually... Um was actually as dodgy as he seemed. Mm. No, I, I do want to check up on that and we can do a catch up in the following episode. But Yeah, that sounds good. But um, because my instinct is to believe the victims mm. or but it's not even the victims here. It's the father in law. Mm. My instinct is to believe it. But also. Who knows? Mm. And what a way to smear someone's name. It and is. It wouldn't be the first time that allegations like this were sort of thrown out there just to. Divert attention. Definitely not. Definitely not. But yeah. oh, I just I believe the victims, even if mm. it's not the victims. Ugh. Yeah, I mean it's hard to see like what. I've never had a dickhead father-in-law, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Same so, here. Yeah. Uh, no, what else would drive them to that? And as mentioned, the um, uh, the daughter slash wife had not been mentioned. Very, very scarcely mentioned in general, but there was nothing like brought up that she would be against or horrified by her father in general. So. Yeah, but maybe it's a matter of you've already lost your husband. You want to lose your dad as well. That, that may also be a thing. This is true. Mm. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. Yours might have been worse. No, I'll, I'll see if I can find more information, but in general, I... I honestly don't think we'll get more, considering most of the... But you can't prove it, and it would be insane to spend resources on looking into it at this point, right? I suppose. Also, for the kids' sake, maybe you're better off not knowing. Like, the yeah. public is better well, I mean, off not knowing. Is there a public interest in it? I'm more interested on the fact that the people slash prosecutors who might have been covering this up that would is need a really some, good point. That's super fucked up. Would need some repercussions there. Uh, so yes, like dragging, like no, no, okay, no more, nothing more for the kids. But in general, following the mysterious lack of evidence or recordings yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the leaked tapes. 
Mm. I don't know. To me, it is all sounding like it adds up to the victim was also fucking dodgy, terrible person. That's kind of my takeaway, but Ugh. yet again, I can't say anything for it. Definite, and we're definitely not saying any facts mm. here. We're just reporting on reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not legally liable, dude. Let's have a drink. Um, Very good plan. Do you have a spirit preference? Pick some white spirit. White spirits. Pick a white spirit, and I will accompany it with uh, something else. You know what? I'm gonna go completely against my instincts, and I'm gonna say gin. What? Oh, easy. Hell yeah. Fair enough. Okay, I'll make your drink. Um, My normal reaction is always to kind of avoid it and try to go for something else, but nah, screw it. Oh, we, sounds good. We're recording a podcast. We should do some gin. Investigate. Okay, I'll be right back. Nice. Bye. Okay. Swivel. We're back. Are you okay? Sorry, I was talking to my mic. <laughs> are you okay though? I, I'm okay. Are you okay? Are you okay, dear listener? Are you okay? If you're not, well, I'd say you can reach out to us on Twitter or by email, but we've already established we're not really manning those yeah. platforms. We will. We'll, we're going to get back Don't into it. say that. But well, if you're not okay, just shout at your Echo and record a message with your murder. It'll it's be fine. true. Yeah. Give them all the clues. Mm. And then just some random shit to fuck with us. <laughs> Um, yo, dude, we, we have a drink And I have a name for it Oh, please tell me because I have no clue I know of two ingredients in it's, this thing. It's called Bitter Love Bitter Love Do you like it? I haven't tried it, I like the name and I like the look Because we have a very It's like a dusky Matte blue tint Going through it Yeah. Here. So I, I thought this would be really it, I, I expect it would go well with gin the sample I had in the kitchen seems pretty solid. Um, it's uh, parfait more gin, lemon juice, and simple syrup shaken over ice, strained mm-hmm. in a nice coupe glass. Um, so parfait more means perfect love. And with the lemon juice, it's uh, nice and, and bitter. <laughs> so bitter love it is. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. That's good. It's quite springtimey, right? With the floral mm, notes. Definitely. So parfait more is quite heavy on violets. Anyway, I had a story that I was going to tell you. Oh, uh, first I will have to have a few seconds of praising you for... You've given me such random things with parfait more in it. <laughs> and going for something I would never consider. Now I think it might be one of my favorite ingredients. It's, um, I don't know. I feel like parfait more is one of those bullshit novelty liqueurs that um i want to hate but it's actually really nice Mm. um i don't know i think it's kind of accessible as a as an interesting one surprisingly Um, so you know as as something that's not just generic fruit flavored it's sort of yeah it's easy it works (laughs) i appreciate thank you for this one you're welcome um so there was a Ljubljana murder that I kind of wanted to do, but I, I could find such limited information on it that uh, I couldn't really make it into a full-on episode. Hmm. So it's it's one from 1992, and it's it's just sort of 
short and mysterious. Um, so I'm going to throw it out there and see what you make of it, if that's all right. Mm, please toss it. Okay, so um, Dragica Guevero um, was originally from Bosnia and had been uh, living in Ljubljana for quite some time. Mm-hmm. She worked in the kitchens um, at a local restaurant and she was known as being super reliable and, you know, she by all accounts seemed like a, a nice lady. Um <laughs> Around the end of March 1992, um, she didn't show up to work for two days. And in the end, police and firemen broke down the door of her one-bedroom apartment, which was uh, in the north part of Ljubljana. Mm-hmm. Um, they found her dead. Now, the door hadn't been forced before they broke it in. In fact, there was no signs of any kind of uh, forced entry. Um, but she had been tortured. Oh. And there were a couple of strange things. So... There was a message that had been sent to to her, um, let me see, was it her boss? Message us in text message? Yeah, or? so it seemed like um, it was kind of difficult to, to get all the details. And this is 92, so text message is sort of a weird thing for it to be. Um, but all I could find is there was a message that was sent to her office to, to say that um, she'd left the, the city because she had a hospital appointment um, and she wouldn't be back in the job for a while. Hmm. And um, it's it's now also quite difficult to, to verify the claims because, of course, any of the news reports I find were original ones mm. and they were really, really brief. And anything where it's talked about now, it's sort of quite mysterious. There were um, a couple of mysterious things as well in her apartment. There was a a phone number for an editor at a local newspaper, and it was alleged that she had some information about um, something to do with uh, underground crime in Ljubljana, which is also kind of weird because Ljubljana is not really a crime-ridden place. Or so they say. Well, I mean, it's also a really... As capital cities go, it's one of the smallest in Europe. It's only 300,000 people, and it would have been less Hmm. in ninety-two. Hmm. Um, look at me fact dropping off the Indeed. top of my head. Aren't you impressed? Always. Um, and her being tortured before she was killed is also quite strange. But yeah, they, they, the police apparently spoke to the editor that she um, at the newspaper where she was going to reach out. And um, it did seem like there was confirmation that she had some sort of information she was going to go to them with a story for. Hmm. Um, what was sort of interesting is she did have a friend who had keys to her apartment who was suspected of you know sending the message to her employer um but this dude ended up actually he was suspected of murder but he fled in 1995 so three years after the murder probably also back to bosnia and he actually died in a completely unrelated um killing Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um and that's more or less the end. Hmm. It's just this weird mysterious 44-year-old woman who may or may not have had information that she was going to the local press about and I mean, but she was brutally tortured I was and say murdered. Tortured as well. When you started this I was kind of expecting a the, nice, like Agatha Christie, like locked room mystery no. of, but no, no, okay, no, it's 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 just, just short and brutal, yeah. Oh. Um, and there's no real conclusion, like that. Well, there is no conclusion. Well, if any of you listeners know, just let us know. 
that's a very creepy one. Yeah, right? But, um, yeah. So, yeah, nothing was taken from the home. She died as a result of the torture. So if she did have information, then maybe they were looking for the information more than anything else. Mm. Police at the time, yeah, did suspect that that fake message that went to her employer um, was probably from the the friend of hers that had keys. But again, they couldn't confirm it all. Uh, hmm. Definitely was a phone number of an editor at the Slovenian newspaper. Um, but yeah, they... I mean, they weren't even sure what she wanted to inform about. They just suspected something important, um, possibly with organized crime or something. Uh, what else? Yeah, I can imagine that this, like both speculating or in general making sense of this might be easier if you have any kind of understanding partially. There's always a dynamic when you're talking like organized crime, police, government, press, and how that works. And I have no clue how this is set up in Ljubljana, but... No, no idea. Hmm. No, I don't think I have anything else. Hmm. Yeah, the friend seems super sus. I mean, unless the friend was guilty of something really bad and you changed or, the fucking locks. Like, dude, if, the, if, if some psycho has keys to your apartment and you're going to, you know, go to local newspaper or national newspaper about him, then you're going to change the locks. Oh, yeah. I never thought that it was actually the other guy. I more assumed that, okay, maybe they threatened or put some pressure on this. That's kind of what I assume. Completely normal dude who just got frightened and let them in. And then. Oh, like that? Yeah. And then depending on if they were trying to frame him or how the general situation with the police inquiries were, Mm -hmm. he might have just freaked out and said, like, screw this. I'm, I'm leaving the country. It's possible. Yeah. And then for him to be apparently killed in an unrelated thing. That's the other thing. It's super sus because he left um, like three years later. They think he went to Bosnia, um, but they're not sure. And Bosnia is where the victim was originally from. Hmm. I I don't know much about him. I couldn't even find his name. And uh, Wait, they're not sure if he went to Bosnia, but they know that he was killed. They know he's dead. They they for sure know he's dead and they think he was murdered. But... Where was he dead? Don't know. Then all how this, do they know if he's All this dead? happened 20 years ago. Yeah. More than 20 years ago. I so guess. I guess it's reports at the time and it's rumors and it's everything mm. else. You understand why I didn't do this for my action? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's still a very interesting tidbit. Hmm. But it's just, there's not enough. But we should wrap this shit up. We probably should. I do believe we have enough. Mm. And, oh, it feels good it feels good to be back. I'm enjoying our drink. So am I, I. To the point where I'm actually pacing myself. I normally just gobble them up, but this one, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I'm very much succeeding in enjoying it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, we are back. We have a schedule again. Don't know what the schedule is. Uh, We're back weekly, whatever episode, whatever. Indeed. Whatever day this episode dropped on, you can find us again next week. Indeed. Same day, same place. You'll hook us up. And we, since we are back, we are actually manning our both our Twitter at Crime by the Bar and our email. Crime by the Bar at gmail.com. There you go. Look at me chiming in. Look at that. Delayed reaction. Um, so we're catching up and we're back. We're back. Mm. 
I'm going to throw out a nice picture of us on Twitter tonight. Ooh. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> well, now I'm slightly worried, but okay. Oh, I can use one when your face is uh, covered by the cat or the microphone or whatever else. That works for me. Mm. Dude, you look good. You look fine. Oh. Um, but we'll be back next week. We're glad to be back. And until then, take care and good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Oh, someone... What did someone say to me? Someone said something really awful. Like, they they made a Harry Potter reference and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I actually haven't seen all the movies. I just wanted to, like, (laughs) run them over with my office chair. It was just like, just no. What? Just no.